You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou. It's December 18th, 2021. On a Saturday, it's game day, and I got another state of the franchise video for you all today. We will be discussing none other than the Jacksonville Jaguars for today's episode, another AFC South team that we are discussing in this series. I think what I'm going to be doing, and I've pretty much decided at this point, is I'll be doing the bottom five teams of each conference here. So I got the Jaguars right now. I have the Lions and Jets to do, and then after this weekend, I'm sure some more teams will get eliminated. So make sure you stick around, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out as we talk about some of those bottom teams. And then also make sure you like this video. I'd really appreciate it all now. Let's discuss where the Jaguars stand. This has been a monumental week for the Jaguars in what has been a kind of a disaster of a season. Before we get into all the building blocks and team needs and things that we talk about, first we'll obviously address the main thing. Head coach Urban Meyer, he is gone from the team. In my opinion, at this point, there was way too much coming out through leaks to the media from the team and then you know, whether it was the Josh Lambeau thing or things he was saying to coaches or how he was just operating throughout the entire system, it did not really make sense for him to be around much longer. And honestly, at this point, I think it was probably the best decision for the team. I've seen a lot of people argue the whole like, oh, well, what about these coaches who may have started 1-15 in their first season, blah, blah, blah. I don't, this was a little bit different. Those coaches did not have these kinds of issues coming up. And realistically speaking, I just don't feel that Urban Meyer was a fit for the team. And it almost felt like he was trying to get himself fired with some of the things that was being said and what was going on and just some of the leaks coming out. It did not seem like he really even wanted to be there anymore. I don't know. Real weird situation. I honestly believe that this was probably the best decision for the team going forward, and I'm looking forward to seeing where the Jaguars end up going into this offseason and heading into the years to come. Now, let's talk about some of these building blocks. So, the Jaguars. There's a lot that you could do to try to restructure this team and put them in the right direction. Before we get into all the negatives and what needs to be done, or what I feel needs to be done... Let's talk about some of the positives. I like to start out more on the positive side of things in these videos because obviously it's easy to rag on a team that's 2-11 and 11 and eliminated from the playoffs coming off the heels of a crazy firing on a head coaching situation that kind of was beyond something we've I feel like we've ever seen before. Real weird, you know, whole thing with all of that. For the building blocks and just pieces that you can look at to kind of build off of as we go into this offseason. First one is the obvious one. It's quarterback Trevor Lawrence. I'm a firm believer that he is going to be a very good quarterback for a very long time in this league. This season has not gone the way I think anyone has really hoped for it to go for him. It has been very up and down. He's had some bad games, four interception games. There has been a lot that's gone on this year that has not really looked good on Trevor Lawrence's part. I'm going to take the benefit of the doubt here and just assume that maybe he's not quite surrounded by the right staff. And on top of that, with how poor this entire group is on the offensive side of the field, I I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. You can't just go from how good Trevor Lawrence was in college. And I understand college is different than the NFL. You know, don't worry. I get it. But with how good he actually was and just how pro ready he seemed going into the draft, 
it just it does not seem realistic that this is more Trevor Lawrence just faulting in the NFL and not being a guy that can handle it and more so just kind of the pieces that are around him. So I'm definitely going to take the benefit of the doubt on this one. Obviously, you have your quarterback of the future and what you want to be your quarterback of the future. Trevor Lawrence, a big and obvious piece to build around. Some of the lesser, but also still somewhat obvious pieces. Firstly, James Robinson, the running back, 1,000-yard rusher. And then this year alone, the guy's 23. He's going to be around for a while. He's been very good when he has the opportunity to be. 682 rushing yards on the year, seven rushing touchdowns. He actually has more yards per carry this year than last, sitting at 4.8. I believe last year he was averaging about 4.5. So he's actually upticked on his yards per attempt. He does have the four fumbles, though. So... I'm not too worried about that. It has been a rocky year in Jacksonville. Things happen. He needs to hang on to the football. You can't be putting the rock on the ground. But ultimately, you have running back one. When Travis Etienne comes back, whatever they decide to do with that situation, because that was always a head-scratcher for me, whatever they decide to do with him, convert him to a receiver, maybe he plays the receiving role, compliment to James Robinson as like the, you know, the ground-and-pound kind of guy, however they work that out. I like James Robinson, and I really like him as running back one. And you can't really deny what he just did last season. And in a sense, he's somewhat improving his ability. Again, he's averaging about 0.3 yards more a carry. Despite the fumbles, I like Robinson as RB1. Then you have at wide receiver, another young guy, 23 years old, LaVisca Chenault. Another person you can't really forget. He does not have any touchdowns this year, but he does have 52 catches, 505 yards. On top of that, he's averaging about 9.7 yards per catch. He does have only six drops as well. So, I mean, you've gone through 13 games at this point, heading into game 14, only six drops. You have a handful, you know, a fair, fairly decent amount of yardage. And what is second on the team and a team that really does not have too much going on for it. I don't know if he's wide receiver number one, but he definitely has the talent and the ability to be an effective receiver in the league. And I think as they flesh this team out, it'll only help him help Trevor improve and open up the offense some more. Now on the defensive side of things, two guys that are probably fairly obvious, but we of course are going to mention them. Firstly is cornerback Shaquille Griffin. I love him for his leadership more than anything else. PFF has him ranked as the 17th best corner in the league out of like 120, I believe is what they're ranking. Now, probably not the flashiest season compared to some of the other corners. He doesn't have a pick yet, but he's done a solid job in coverage, and he's actually done even better when it comes to helping stop the run, which the Jaguars, their one real strength this year has been stopping the run. And I'm not saying they're the best run-stopping team in the league. That's just their one strength. Um, I love his leadership. After the whole Urban Meyer firing, he went out and, it, the, the, you know, one of the statements I saw from him was him talking about and addressing what they need in a coach going forward. And not only do they need a leader, but they need somebody who is willing to listen to the players. And I totally agree. Football is the ultimate team sport. Obviously, the players need to listen to the coach, but the coaches and staff should be listening to the players as well. The fact that Trevor Lawrence was on the sideline arguing with Urban Meyer about the benching of James Robinson just goes to show how much dysfunction was going on on that sideline during games. Like, that's not something that should be happening in the middle of of a game on the sideline when you're in a real lost cause of a season. You need coaches that are willing to listen to their players because at the end of the day, the more cohesion, the better. And if you're willing to listen to them, they're willing to listen to you and you can build a belief in each other. And, you know, it just makes things that much better for the team as a whole. So I love him. He's going to be around for a while. I think he's a great corner and I think he's going to be great for the Jaguars. He's going to be a stalwart in that secondary. I love him for the team. 
And then on top of that, you have edge rusher Josh Allen, another obvious guy to discuss. Super young, six sacks in the year. He has 39 tackles, which is second for all edge rushers. So it's not like he's not just, you know, he's just going after the quarterback. He is making plays as well. PFF has him ranked as the 12th best edge rusher out of 111 that they have ranked in there. I think you have some solid edge rushing and corner. I mean, obviously there's a lot you got to fill in there, but to have those two key pieces and have somebody that you can look at and be like, all right, that's our guy for the team is probably a a bigger sigh of relief than anything else, considering how much this team actually needs. So you have some pieces on the offense. You have some pieces on the defense to build around. What the heck do they actually need to address right away and immediately heading into this offseason? So for team needs, I have four things that are listed. The first one, and I think should probably be on the forefront of the list, is another top-flight wide receiver. I like LaVisca Chenault, and I did just praise him. However, do I think he's going to be a true wide receiver? One, possibly, but bringing in another guy to catch the football alongside him, and I know that there's DJ Chark, and you know whatever ends up happening to him will end up happening to him. I was a big fan of him, the, you know, the last couple of years. I would love to see him, you know, be able to line up with Lavisco Chanel and be very effective. But maybe you look at potentially bringing in another wide receiver. I think it'll only help add some gasoline to this offense that you know has kind of like dragged along this entire season. Obviously, you've dealt with issues and injuries and whatnot here or there, but I think that they need better skill players on the offensive side of the football to make that offense a little more threatening and keep defenses on their heels just a little bit more. The second one that I have here is got to be the linebacker position, because if I'm being honest with you guys, I think Miles Jack is probably the one linebacker I can name on that team. And I feel like I can name a fair amount of players on a lot of the teams in the league. And Miles Jack is about as far as my knowledge goes for linebackers in our, on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They need to bring in somebody who can be in the middle of that field, be the you know be the play caller basically. I mean, obviously sometimes there's safeties that kind of do it. Like I think Tyron Matthew is kind of that guy, but the middle linebacker, or even just like the Mike linebacker, I guess I should say, is pretty much the QB of the defense. And you need to get somebody in there who can be that guy who can lead the defense, set them up where they need to be, and kind of just operate the offense or the defense, excuse me, the way the quarterback does the offense. You got to address that position. If they don't go after at least one linebacker in the draft and one linebacker, whether it's Mike, Will, or Sam, whatever you may go after, you got to bring some people in, in free agency and the draft. I think that's just quite a missed opportunity there. The third one that I have listed here, and honestly, this could probably be fourth on the list, and I think I might just for the sake of this video flip it for you guys. The third one I'm going to talk about here is going to be the offensive line. I think one of the big topic or talking points, excuse me, going into this season for the Jacksonville Jaguars just was just the familiarity of the offense and how long all the linemen had been playing together. Well, fast forward to where we are now, and the offensive line has not been great. You got to get somebody in there who can just solidify and, you know, hold things down a la Quentin Nelson or somebody like, I don't know, Ali Marpet. Um, who else, you know, I mean, just, you know, some of those top flight anchors, guys that just really hold it down the offensive line that can basically change the way this, the way this team kind of plays that physical style when it comes to running the football and obviously protecting the quarterback, you got to get some guys that are in there, some mean, nasty, big guys. I think the offensive line is definitely one thing that they really need to address And then not only the offensive line, but on the flip side, on the defense, they need to go after, and this is my number four on the list, the interior defensive line. 
They need a true guy up front to eat up blocks and open things up for a talent like Josh Allen on the edge. You got to get a big guy in there who can push the pocket in, in like inward, cause it to collapse and force things to open up on the edges for guys to get in there like Josh Allen to be able to get after the quarterback, force some pressure, cause some sacks, maybe strip a few fumbles here and there. You got to get some more guys on the interior defensive line because the, none of their interior defensive linemen are any real standout guys. It feels like they're more just filler rotational players that they have there. That's probably some something that they could target in the draft or maybe even bring somebody in in free agency. I don't know what the market's going to look like just, just yet, but there should be a big you know, red dot on interior D-line because you got to be able to get pressure here if you want to slow some of these offenses down with the way things are shaping up in the NFL these days. It is a passing league, and if you can't bring the pressure from the inside to collapse the pocket, you're wasting your time here playing games in the NFL. And 2-11, and 11, I think, speaks for itself. Now, as for just kind of where I would like to see this team go and my thoughts and everything, I'm a Colts fan. Uh, so if you were not aware of the way I've been talking, I am a Colts fan. I have a Peyton Manning jersey over here, and then I got the uh, Andrew Luck jersey over here as well. Uh, however, I am a football fan first and a Colts fan second. I'm really excited for the Jaguars and what they have in Trevor Lawrence. I think that, you know, you have a franchise quarterback in place. You just got to build the pieces around him and really get after it in free agency and in the draft and bring some real good players in. So... I fully expect Lawrence to be an excellent quarterback. All I'm hoping is that the next head coach that they bring in is somebody who is 100% all in and committed to developing him into the talent that he is supposed to be with the potential that he has. Trevor Lawrence should, by the end of his career, be a top five quarterback in the league. Um, not like all time, but just like at that point in time. Like he should be in the conversation of top five when you get to that point. He should be one of those guys that are shooting it out with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and those guys, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, you know, don't take offense if I don't name your favorite quarterback, Lamar Jackson, all those guys. He should be in that conversation every single year until the tail end of his career. When it comes to actually being able to build a team around him to help him realize said potential, especially when it comes to free agency, whoever they go after head coach wise, especially after this year needs to be somebody that players are going to like and want to get behind. This is going to be a funny example because this team's record is worse than them. A guy like Dan Campbell is a guy that players love to play for and want to play for. I'm not saying go get a clone of Dan Campbell, but you need a guy like that that players are going to gravitate towards and are going to fight for and are going to want to win for. I think that's really important, especially when it comes to free agency because yeah, you can throw all the dollars you want, but at the end of the day, players are going to look at the past, and there was a lot of rumors coming out at some point during last offseason where players did not want to go to Jacksonville because of the culture and what had been going on there. And I don't think anyone was really that excited to go play for Urban Meyer because, again, he's a college coach. He's not really proven and himself in the NFL, so what are you really getting out of him? And we just got a 2-11 season that ended in absolute disaster. You got to bring somebody in. Whoever that may be, I don't know, but someone that the players are going to like and want to come and play for, especially when it comes to trying to lure in free agents. As for the draft, their playbook going into that literally needs to just be best player available. You cannot really, as long as you're not drafting a quarterback or a running back, you really cannot go wrong if you're Jacksonville selecting the absolute best player that is on the board for any of your picks, realistically speaking. Do not draft a quarterback. Do not draft a running back. All you need is everything else. So 
with that, head coach, the guy that you bring in needs to be somebody that players want to play for because you can't just build a team through the draft. I understand that drafting players and growing your homegrown talent is is a key to success. You do need some big name players and some big ticket players. Look at what the Patriots are doing. You have great coaching a, a, and a staff that players want to play for and be successful with. And it's a mix of some good draft picks and some really good free agent signings. Get somebody in there that people want to come play for. And then for the draft, just best player available. Bring in the best talent that you possibly can. Make some moves. Try to get some more draft picks in here. You need to fill out this roster. My overall hope is that someone is someone that for the, the head coaching position is somebody that can lead the team. But like Shaq Griffin said, is willing to listen to the players because it is the ultimate team sport. And you can't have this disconnect of the coaching staff is just yelling at the players, telling them what to do, but not listening to the input of the players themselves. That is my thoughts on the Jacksonville Jaguars and where I feel they stand. While they are in the dumps right now, I think there is a positive outlook going forward. And I'm excited to see what Jacksonville does this offseason because you have some potential and in some really important positions that you can build around. And honestly, the Jacksonville Jaguars in a couple of years if they bring in the right people and go after the right players, should be a fairly good organization going forward if everything goes well. But we'll have to see. Appreciate you all for watching. I'll catch you guys in the next video. Um, state of the Detroit Lions and State of the uh, New York Jets are the two other videos I got coming up for you, so you can expect those fairly soon. I will see you all next time. Enjoy your Saturday, and have fun watching some Saturday Night Football.